had a real sense this week that today was going to be just like this. A time where we come together and gather together as church, sense his presence, sense his love for us. And I wanted us to spend some time focusing on coming around the table. And I want to talk to you for a a few minutes about communion and ask the question, what does communion mean to you? Is it just something that we do on a Sunday? Is it just some bread that we eat, some juice that we drink? What does communion mean to you? My first memory of communion um, is probably, uh, you know, your memories differ, but mine around four, five years old. As I said to you the other week, I grew up in church, grew up in the Pentecostal church. So every Sunday, religiously, we would do um, communion together. And my first memory is of these men in suits, because it was only the men that did the uh, communion and men in suits, not men in black, but they were in black. And they pass this um, bread that had been cut into perfect cubes. That, that really stood out to me, perfect bread cubes. And they're placed perfectly on the plate, silver plate. And um, also the juice was in, like we have quite often in the small cups. And that's my memory of communion as a child. And I remember the words that were said, and I find myself using them sometimes. Um, when the, pa- the plate of bread was passed, you, he, he, the men would say, his body broken for you. And the juice, the cup would say, his blood shed for you. So they make it a personal thing. That's my first memories. What, let me, if you have memories, think about them now. What were your memories? What does communion mean to you? I remember that it was a very somber, quiet occasion. I think over the years, communion has changed for me. At times, it is a quiet, somber occasion. After all, Paul did say to us that we are to examine ourselves. So that means some contemplation, doesn't it? Examine ourselves before we remember what Christ has done for us in the breaking of his body, in the shedding of his blood. But other times, communion has become, can be a jubilant time, a celebration of the new life, the new covenant that we have because of Jesus. As we've been reminded today that Jesus loves us so much. Is there a right way to do it? I think it's like I said earlier, it's our heart. You know, the early church, if you read in Acts particularly, um, the early church would break bread in their homes. 
they would gather together, break bread, it says, or have um, remember the, um, the Lord's Supper. They break bread in their homes, and they would pray with one another, and they would um, teach the, the teachings of Jesus, of the apostles, and they would remember what Jesus had done for them. Because if you remember the, the, the Last Supper, as it were, the, the time before, the night before Jesus was betrayed, the night before Jesus um, was crucified, the disciples met with Jesus and they, they broke bread together and they, they had wine together. And Jesus said to them, do this in remembrance of me. So that whenever you break bread, whenever you drink, remember me. I mean, I'm not sure that the disciples fully understood what he was talking about because remember, Jesus hadn't died at that point. But I'm sure they would have realized afterwards. And we certainly understand it. That whenever we break bread, whenever we share the cup, share a cup together, not necessarily here right now, but whenever we are at home maybe and we are in communion with each other, that we remember what Jesus has done for us. That he loved us so much that he brought himself as a sacrifice for our sin. That if we come to him and ask for forgiveness, then we can have this new life with him. Do this in remembrance of me until I come, he says. The dictionary describes communion as three things. The word communion. The sharing or exchanging of intimate thoughts and feelings, especially on a mental or spiritual level. So that's the first meaning of communion. Remember, I asked the question, what does communion mean to you? Well, the, the dictionary definition, it is a, it is a, a sharing, a, an exchanging of our thoughts and feelings. Secondly, it is the word communion is a service of Christian worship at which bread and wine are consecrated and shared. And this is, you know, we will take communion today. We use this word communion. We'll pray and thank God for his body that he broke for us. We pray and thank God for um, his blood shed for us. Communion is also a relationship of recognition and acceptance between Christian churches or denominations or between individual Christians or Christian communities and a church. So there's that communion, isn't there? A communion um, a community, that same word comes from that community, communion, that we are together and we share together. I want to just bring some examples of communion before we actually take time to share communion together. The, the word often used for communion is koinonia. I don't know if you've heard that word before. That's a, a, a Greek word. Koinonia means fellowship. It means communion. It means coming together. And it has multiple um, uses in the Bible. And I just want to bring some of them just to help us to understand that our time together is a lot more than just eating bread and drinking juice together. That it is a, um, a fellowship that we have together, the, the love that we have together, the commonality that we have together because of Jesus' death, because of his resurrection, and because he loves us and we, we live for him. Um, 
Koinonia means to share with others. It means to communicate. It means to contribute. It means to be partaker. It means to come into communion or fellowship with. It means to become a sharer, to be made a partner, to enter into fellowship, to join oneself to an associate, and to make oneself a sharer or partner. So you can see that the broad um, meaning of this word um, is used a number of times in Scripture. And I, I want to look at just three this morning. Romans 12, if you have your Bible, let's um, get your Bibles open or um, turn them on. Um, Romans chapter 12. And verse 9 says this, Let love be genuine. Romans 12, verse 9. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal, but fervent. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. And that word contribute is, um, is that word for communion, that koinonia word. Contribute to the needs. So part of our communion, part of our coming together is, how, is, is contributing to one another. And that can be our needs physically, but our needs spiritually. So this is contributing together. And, and it's, just, it's just the essence of what Paul is saying here. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, love that word, beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So can you see the, the, um, where, where Paul is leading us and taking us in, in, in his writing here to the, Roman, to the church in Rome, that our communion together is much more than the bread and the juice. That as we come together and we remember Jesus's, um, remember the commonality we have of Jesus, that it is a communion, it's a coming together, it's a living of harmony, it's that doing life together that I talk about. So contribute. The most common um, use of the word koinonia is share. And Romans 15, again, in Romans chapter 15, it says this in verse 22. This is the reason, this is Paul again reading, um, writing, this is the reason why I have so often been hindered from coming to you, but now, since I no longer have any room for work in these regions, and since I have longed for many years to come to you, I hope to see you in passing as I go to Spain, and to be helped on my journey there by you, once I have enjoyed your company for a while. At present, however, I am going to Jerusalem, bringing aid to the saints. Um, for Macedonia and Achaia have been pleased to make some contribution for the poor among the saints in, at Jerusalem, for they were pleased to do it, and indeed they owe it to them. For if the Gentiles have come to share in their spiritual blessings, they ought to also be of service to them in material blessing. So the word um, koinonia is that share in verse 27, have come to share 
in their spiritual blessings and their material blessings. And this links into what I was talking a few moments ago about giving, that there's this sacrifice of giving to God, of giving to each other, of providing for one another. When, therefore, I have completed this and have delivered to them what has been collected, I will leave for Spain by way of you. I know that when I come to you, I will come in the fullness of the blessing of Christ. I appeal to you, brothers, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit to strive together with me in your prayers to God on my behalf, that I may be delivered from the unbelievers in Judea and that my service for Jerusalem may be acceptable to the saints so that my, by God's will, I will come to you with joy and be refreshed in your company. May the God of peace be with you all. Amen. Other, other situations as well, but I, I'm, time is flying by today. And the third one I want to look at very quickly is in Philippians chapter 4, verse 15. And it says this. Actually, I'll read from verse 10. Philippians 4, verse 10. I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. You see the links with what I was talking about earlier about giving. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. We know that verse. Yet it was kind of you to share my trouble. And you Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving except you only. And the word there, koinonia, communion, is that word partnership. That is a partnership with God and is a partnership with us together in communion. So let's move on. The word communion has been used now for a, uh, for a number of years in relation to the Lord's Supper because it demonstrates for me and de demonstrates for us three elements of this koinonia, of this fellowship. And this is why I want to bring that when we come around the table, when we come and break bread together, when we drink of this juice together, that it's so much more than this, so much more than the the emblems, we call it, because they, we use the bread, we use the juice to remind us of his body and of, us, of his blood. But there's three elements of, of this fellowship, this koinonia. Firstly, it's our fellowship with one another. So when we um, come round the table, when we share bread with each other, it's our fellowship with, with me and with you, this joining of this fellowship. Secondly, it's, it's a fellowship with God, with Jesus, and with the Holy Spirit, there's this fellowship, this joining, this communion with, with God and with the Son and with the Holy Spirit. And thirdly, there's, that, there's this, this fellowship between the bread and the wine that these symbols bring a significance to us as believers of what Jesus has done. So there's these three elements of koinonia. Communion is not just something we do. It's not just something we do. Um, it is a way of life. It is an integral part of our life as followers of Jesus. It's an integral part of our life as the church. When we gather together, we are in communion with each other and fellowship and we share our lives together. And if one of us are in need, we provide for that need. If, um, if there is something we need to pray for in each other's lives, then we pray for each other. 
It is this beautiful communion, this beautiful fellowship that we can have that is unique to us as the church. We are from all different places, all different backgrounds, but yet we have this commonality of Jesus, that he died for us, that he gave his life for us. And so I wonder that as we come to an end now, I wonder if we could um, take time to just share communion together. And the way I want to do this is us just, just to break into no more than eight groups. I, I think that's going to be very, very easy today. So just where you are, let's just get into groups. And then what I would like us to do is uh, some, a couple of people from each group to come and get a um, break off a quarter of the bread, take it with you, fill up a cup, uh, with some juice and uh, a napkin, and we'll, we'll share communion together in our groups. And what I'd like us to do in those groups is for each one of us to say something that you are thankful for God for. As we focus in our thoughts and remembering what Christ has done for us, let's share with each other what we are thankful for, and then let's give opportunity for us to be able to pray for each other in that group.